H12, how you guys doing tonight? Man, God is here in this place, amen? If you guys are returning, welcome back. Glad you guys are here. If you are new to H12, we are so glad you're here, and we hope that you join our family here at H12. We are excited you're here, and we are in a series called Relationship Goals. See, everyone has relationship goals. Everyone has an ideal of what they want their relationships to be like. And they might not always hashtag them, but they always have them. And God has relationship goals for each one of us as well. And he has ideals of what he wants our relationships to look like. And of course, he doesn't hashtag them, but thankfully, he gives us the Bible. And so what this series does is looking at God's perspective on dating, on love, and on relationships. And in week one last week, Chase, our fearless leader, he talked about a myth in our world called the right person myth and how the world tells us that we gotta be looking and find the right person, the right one. And what Chase talked about last week is about how instead of maybe looking for the right person, we should focus on becoming the right person. Because who you are before you date is who you are when you date. And this week, I'm super excited to be talking to you guys tonight. In case you don't know me, I'm Trey. I'm our H12 resident here. Yes. And I'm super excited mostly because I have an incredible wife, Holly. And she is incredible. I think we have a picture of her. And um, maybe not. There we go. This was this past weekend. And she is incredible. And we have been blessed because early in our relationship, we decided we wanted to follow God's advice and God's wisdom in the relationships. And we have had a blessed and incredible relationship. And I love her so much. And every single day, our relationship grows deeper and deeper. So that's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about relationships tonight. And tonight, we're gonna talk about a myth. And this myth is everywhere in our culture. It's everywhere you look, everywhere you listen, it's everywhere. And a clip from this movie illustrates this myth perfectly. So check this out. I love you. You complete me. I'm not just has. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. <laughs> All right, how many of you was like, that was, wow. If a guy would say that to me, yes. Yes. No. That, I, I could have cut the clip right after that line, but I love the you had me at hello line, so we kept that in there. But this is a myth, it's everywhere in our, in our culture. It's everything we hear, it's everything we know, it's everything I would know if I didn't know the Bible. But thankfully, God has given us an alternative view to this, and I'll show you, hopefully tonight, why that view is better. But the truth is that there's a myth, and it's in your notes, if you wanna jot it down, it's the you complete me myth. And God's alternative to that is something we're gonna be looking at tonight, and it's one of our bottom lines, so if you continue to take notes, 
you can look at it, and it is that guys and girls can't fill God-sized voids. If you're a guy, you can write down girls can't fill God-sized voids. If you're a girl, write down guys can't fill God-sized voids. But this is what we're going to look at, and this is what we're going to do. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do three things. We're going to look at how this myth is played out in the life of a person in the Bible. We're going to look at what an answer to that myth is, and then I'm going to give you hopefully practical things to help apply this to your life. Sound good? Cool, cool. All right, well, let's dive in. Let's go to Genesis chapter 29. So if you have your Bibles, you can grab them. If you don't have a Bible, there's one under your seat or the seat in front of you. That's page 29 in the Worship Center Bible. Genesis is the first book in the Bible, chapter 29. And while you're turning there, I want to set the story up a bit. Jacob is this bro, and he's searching for a wife. This is what the story is about. He's looking for a wife. And so he's traveling to this land where he knows a lot of eligible ladies are. All right, so I don't know if any of you watch The Bachelor. Uh, okay. All right. Well, if this is modern day, maybe he'd be going on this show, trying to find the right girl, okay? So someone boo. I don't even know what's going on in the show. Calm down. <laughs> and so what he's doing is he's looking for a girl. And on his way to this country, God shows up to him. And this is, this is what he says to God. He pretty much says, God, I don't really want you to be my God right now. But if you get me a girl and everything else I want, then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think about following you. And so he doesn't have a relationship with God right now. And maybe some of you are in that point right now, and that's great. I'm glad you're here. H12 is an awesome place to be searching, asking questions, and I hope you keep coming every week. But this means that Jacob has a God-sized void in his heart, and he's going to try to fill it with a girl. So he finds someone he knows, his uncle, Laban, and he starts working for Laban. And that's look here. In the verse, Genesis 29, verse 16 through 18. Now Laban had two daughters, okay? The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, whatever that means. She needs contacts or something, I don't know. <laughs> but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. <laughs> Seven years, that's a long time. But the dad's like, this is a good deal, all right? I get seven years of work out of this guy? Okay. So he's like, deal. So he works for seven years. Finally gets to the wedding. They throw a big party. It's awesome. They go to the honeymoon suite. And in the darkness of night, no joke, I promise I'm not making this up, the dad switches the two sisters, Yes, for real. And Jacob doesn't notice. The, guys, the Bible is full of some crazy stories, and you might want to check it out. Jacob doesn't notice until the morning he wakes up, and there's this other girl there. And he's like, what is going on? And he's ticked. He's so ticked. And, and he marches to the, the, his now dad-in-law, and he's like, you gave me Leah. I wanted Rachel. And he's like, bro, if you want her, you got to work seven more years. So he works seven more years. So now he has two, two wives. 
Yes, that's never good, never good. Um, but so you would think he's on a search, he's on a search for, for a wife. He got two out of this deal. He's happy now, right? He's completed. But no, that's not true. That's not what happens. His life just gets worse because he's trying to fill a God-sized void with a girl or girls, and it's not working. And Rachel and Leah, his two wives, they're in the same place. They're trying to fill God-sized voids with a guy because what they do is they, they try to fight for the attention of Jacob. And they think, this is another weird thing. They think, oh, the person who has the most babies, he'll love more, right? So they get in a baby-making competition. No joke. You guys need to read your Bibles. This is crazy stuff. And so, but at the end of it, it just causes chaos in the family, right? Obviously, could have seen that coming. Causes chaos, and it carries on to their kids. Leah's kids sell Rachel's kid into slavery when they grow up. Yeah, this is not, this is not a healthy family, you guys. And so what they all find out is that you cannot fill a God-sized void with a guy. You can't fill a God-sized void with a girl. That's what they find out. And it took them a long time to figure out that this is not how things work. And so here's, here's, here's the thing. When you try to fill a God-sized void with a guy or a girl, your relationship either turns one of two ways, serial or sexual. And so if you're taking notes, it either turns serial or sexual. And I, uh, let, me, let me break this down for you guys. First of all, turn to your neighbor, take two seconds, and tell them your favorite breakfast cereal. Ready, go. <clears throat> all right, all right, bring it back, bring it back. Reese's Puffs, anyone? Reese's Puffs? Yes, amazing. Okay, well, we're not actually talking about breakfast cereal, so just forget everything you just said. We're not talking about that. This, the cereal I'm talking about is, it means just one after another. I guess like a serial killer, but a serial dater. So not as scary, but a serial dater. And so this is how it happens. This is how it happens. You're looking to fill a God-sized void in your life and you get Mr. Right, like we talked about last week. You get that guy and you think this guy's gonna complete me because this is what culture tells us. Find the person that completes you. And guess what? You're not satisfied. They hurt your feelings. They don't treat you right. You're like, oh my goodness, this person is not fulfilling me. I must have dated the wrong person. So I'm gonna date up, find someone else. Or break up, find someone else. Three months later, you break up the next person because guess what? They didn't complete you either. And you go from one person to the next, serial dating. So it either turns serial or it turns sexual. Sexual is the same thing as serial, except instead of getting a new person, you go to a different level and you think, oh, this person isn't satisfying me. Maybe, just maybe, if we cross some lines, then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be complete. And relationships are almost always one, of, one, of, one or the other if you're trying to fill a God-sized void in your life. And some of you might even be stuck in that cycle right now. 
Some of you might be making compromises in your relationship that you know you shouldn't be making. And you're stuck in a cycle of going deeper and deeper sexually, trying to fill a God-sized void. And I want all of you to listen very closely, very closely. God, a God-sized void can't be filled by a person. And when you try to do that sexually, it's, it's sin. And we've all sinned. And in God's eyes, sin's not okay, but God loves us so much. And I want you to get you, if you're stuck in this or you have past regrets and you're trying to get over something you've done in the past, God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to take the punishment that we deserve so that we can have new life and that we can have freedom and we can have forgiveness. In Jesus Christ, you can have freedom from anything sexually that's going on. You can have freedom from shame, from things that have happened in the past. And if you're stuck in this, talk to, talk to me, talk to Chase, talk, talk to one of your leaders because we wanna share with you the forgiveness and freedom that's found in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, how he's paid the price to set us free from anything that's holding us bondage. So let go of that. Don't let that hold you down. A past filled with regrets, Jesus can take that. The present filled with repeating mistakes, Jesus can take that. So how? What, the solution to trying to fill a God-sized void with a guy and a girl, Paul talks about in one of his letters. So we don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you guys. It's in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. And this is Paul's prayer for the people in this church that he's writing to. And it's my prayer for you guys as well. Here it is. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Paul's saying there's a God-sized void in our hearts. There's a God-sized void in our lives. And only God can fill that. And when we try to go to anything else, it won't satisfy. There's a seat in our lives reserved for God. And if we let anyone else sit in that seat, it doesn't work out for us because that's not how God designed it to be. And for Holly and I, if I look to Holly to try to fill something in my life only God can fill, she's only gonna disappoint me because she's not God. That's not harsh, it's true. She's not God and she can't fulfill all the things that I need in my heart, oh, but God can. So you might be thinking, duh, Trey, God can fill God-sized voids. That's, that's pretty obvious, right? But the tricky part is how do we do that? How, how do we stop letting a guy or girl fill a God-sized void? And so I, I would love to illustrate this for you guys. And who, who's sitting in where? Let's see here. Mary? I, Mary, I, why are you sitting in that chair? I, I, I reserved that before you came in. Why, why are you sitting in that chair? You didn't know, okay, cool, cool. All right, so, so here's the first step, guys. When you reserve something for the Lord or reserve something for marriage, 
You can't just reserve it and then be like, all right, no one's going to sit in that chair of my life. You got to communicate it, right? Now I, now, I put a reserve sign somewhere on one of these chairs. Where's that at? That one? I put another one somewhere in here. Where is that sign at? Did anyone sit in that seat? No? Well, that's good. That's good. Oh, you're new, so you didn't... Bro, I put a sign on that seat, and it... Maybe do it. He said, he said Austin made him do it. So I reserved this seat. I, I, I put a sign on it that said seat reserved. And he sat in it because someone else pressured him to do it. Now it's there. No one's sitting in it. That's perfect. Here's the deal, guys. You might have things that you're trying to reserve for God and you're trying to reserve for marriage in your life. And even if you communicate it, when the pressure comes, when someone pressures you, you might still let someone else in that void in your life that only God can fill. And so the reason right here, this seat right here is reserved, I put a sign in on it just like I did this sign, but no one sat in it. Why? Because there's boundaries. There's boundaries around it. So there, it's not enough just to communicate what's reserved for God in your life, what's reserved for marriage in your life, you need to have boundaries because boundaries are something that helps protect God's seat in your heart. And so real quick, I just wanna run through with you guys a few things that have been super helpful for Holly and I in our relationship dating. And I pulled a lot of these from the Bible. Some of them are just practical wisdom. And so I would highly suggest you guys adopt something like this, but we're gonna dive in to five categories of boundaries in our life because boundaries, if you're taking notes, boundaries free you up to enjoy what is yours to enjoy and protect what only God and marriage can fill. Let me say that again. Boundaries free you up to enjoy what is yours to enjoy and protect what only God and marriage can fill. Then whether it ends in marriage or a breakup, you are still healthy and whole as a person because you had boundaries protecting that seat that was reserved for God. And so, here we go. Real quick, we're gonna go through some boundaries. Five categories. You've got them in your notes. You can jot down anything that's helpful. And here we go. The first category, physical boundaries. First of all, sex. Outside of marriage, sex is wrong. God designed marriage to be, or God designed sex to be between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. And he doesn't do that because he hates sex. You guys, God loves sex. He designed it. It's awesome. It's incredible. But you guys are like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I can say that because Holly's not here tonight, so nobody tell her I said that. <laughs> but here, here's the deal. God put these boundaries in our lives because he wants what's best for us. And when we take sex outside of marriage and outside of one man and one woman inside of marriage, then we only hurt ourselves. And so in dating, sex is off limits. What else is off limits? There's no-no squares, all right? I can do a dance to show you the no-no squares. Those are off limits, guys. Girls, off limits. 
Those are no-nos. And, um, and, and those are actually clear. There's a verse in the Bible, if you want to ask me later, it's clear that there are things that are off limits, okay? And, and, and Holly and I just decided we wanted to follow, we wanted to follow God's guidelines and God's boundaries in our dating relationship because we wanted the blessing that came from following God's design. And so anything else that is questionable, we said no to. Maybe not because they themselves are wrong, but anything that gets your mind going, your body going, leaves you wanting more and more and more is dangerous. And so we decided to draw the line, not at sin, but draw the line at things that might cause us to want to sin. Does that make sense? And so we put boundaries around things that we knew could lead to more. And so things like back rubs or having your head in each other's laps, so sweet. No, that's not sweet and innocent, guys. A guy's head on her chest or sitting in each other's laps were all off limits for us because we knew that they made us want more. And so we said, no, we're not, we're not gonna do that. So that's, that's the first category. Second category, communication boundaries. And here, here's some texting, Snapchat, it's everywhere. You guys can communicate to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend all the time, 24 seven. But that's not healthy. You should be able to sit down on a date, ask them how their day went and not already know the answer. Because you need to practice face-to-face -face conversation and building that. So texting, I love you. These three powerful words can be three of the most damaging words as well. Because love is not just an emotion, love is a decision. And those three words mean something. So don't misuse those words. We were very careful about when we said, I love you to each other. And then future talk. When Holly and I were dating, we never talked about we, like we would be together forever. We always took it one season at a time, one season at a time, because we wanted to be in healthy stages, in healthy stages emotionally. And that's the next boundary category, emotional boundaries. Your girlfriend or your boyfriend can't be the one who speaks identity into you. They can help speak identity into you, but as we talked about in the last series, your identity needs to be found in God. So when that person lets you down, because they will let you down, your identity doesn't break and doesn't shatter because your identity is in God. So those emotional boundaries. And then time boundaries. Curfew. If your parents haven't set a curfew for you guys, I would recommend it. I even had a curfew in college and it was one of the best things ever because nothing really good happens after 10 or 11 at night anyways, right? No, nothing good happens, nothing good, okay? Dating. When I was in college, I, I tried to date Holly once a week and I still do. And it's one of our favorite nights of the week. And for you guys, once a, you don't need a date once a week. I'd say twice a week or twice a week, that's a lot. Once every other week is fine for you guys. You don't need to spend every single night with your boyfriend, every single night with your girlfriend because they aren't your world. Chill out. And then another weird thing, this is weird guys, that I see people do when they start dating, they stop hanging out with all their other friends. Anyone else see that? 
My goodness. This, this doesn't make any sense, people. Hey, odds are, and I'm just being realistic, you probably aren't going to be dating this person for super long. I mean, just looking at stats about how long you guys date each other, you're going to be dating for three to six months, and then you're going to be wanting to go back to your friends, and you didn't hang out with them for half a year. Oh, thank you. Don't, don't abandon your friends just because you got a girlfriend, all right? It's healthy. It's healthy to have your friends around each other so they can speak truth into your relationship, so they can fight for your relationship when things get hard. If they don't know your girlfriend, they don't know your boyfriend, they aren't gonna fight for you guys. So let your friends in on your life. Don't, don't just kick them out once you find the Mr. Right or, or Miss Right. And then also location boundaries, all right? These are big for us because anything can happen when you're in the wrong situation, all right? All it takes is a bad place, a bad time, and things start happening that aren't good. And so for Holly and I, we wouldn't go in a bedroom together, all right? We wouldn't hang out in a bedroom. Why? Because that's just a little tempting, okay? That's just bad, bad news waiting to happen. And we... Even if we knew oh, nothing's going to happen, we would make it a practice to never hang out in a bedroom together because that's just bad, bad news waiting to happen. Also, we would never even stay in the same, like, we'd never be in the same house together if there was no one else there because that allowed opportunities for things to happen that we didn't want to happen. And so we were trying to reserve something in our life reserve a seat in our hearts for God, for marriage. And so we place these boundaries. So literally, when I would go over to my parents' house when they weren't there, and we would have a little date at my parents' house, we would, we would take my sister with us. And she would eat in the other room, watch a movie in the other room, and Holly and I would eat and watch a movie in, in a different room. But we knew she could walk in any second, and that kept us accountable, and that kept us safe. Because here's, here's the thing, guys. We knew that saying no to a few things was worth a life of no regrets. Saying no to a few things was worth a life of no regrets. And I have never once regretted the boundaries that we have set up. I've been so thankful for them because they have helped Holly and I create a strong, healthy relationship. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. Now, I say all this for a reason. It's not because I hate dating. I think dating's awful. That's not true. I love dating, and I want what's best for you guys. And because one day, one day you're going to be here. You're going to be married, maybe, and you're going to be holding your bride in a picture that is fun. Maybe not. But one day, one day you're going to be married, and you're going to find that even when married, you will not be able to find... Sat there we go. Wow. That's, that's my bride. That's my wife. Here, here's the thing. As, as great as that is, as great as that is, she still can't fill that God-sized void in my life. And if she's looking to me for filling that on days when I don't treat her as well as I should, then her view of herself will go down. But if she's trying to fill herself with God 
then no matter how I treat her, her view of herself and her relationship with God will be solid because it's not based on her relationship with me. I only add to her, I can't take away. And so I'm telling you all these boundaries because I want you guys to know that God has designed relationships to be awesome. But there's also parts of our life where only God can fill and only God can satisfy. And even though I am married, I still have boundaries in my life to reserve God's seat in my life. They look different than dating boundaries, but I have them because God needs to be number one in my life. So let me ask you guys as we close, some things to think about. One, do you ever try to get guys or girls to fill God-sized holes? What are you trying to fill with a guy or girl that you shouldn't be? And two, what are you doing to fill yourself to the fullness of God? How are you trying to seek God and chase God? And three, what boundaries are you gonna put in place in your relationships or in your future relationships to help protect God's seat in your life? Because I promise you, if you look to God to fill that God-sized void in your life and you put boundaries in your life to protect his place in your heart, then your relationships will be full of joy. They will have no regrets and your relationships will be healthy because they're being lived as God intended them to be.